You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Harlem is a show about and for and by black women celebrating their joy, their power, and their range. In a world filled with homogenous entertainment where black women and the people who love them are eager to see and celebrate the joy, power, and range of black women, Harlem is a show to root for, a show to talk about, a show to see and see yourself in. The series stars Megan Good as Camille, Grace Byers as Quinn, Shaniqua Shendai as Angie, Jerry Johnson as Ty, and Tyler Lepley as Ian. Additional reoccurring guest stars include Whoopi Goldberg, who plays Dr. Elise Pruitt, a brilliant, intense new department head at Columbia University with a warmth that has a fragile on and off switch. As well as actors Jasmine Guy, Andrea Martin, Robert Richard, Juani Feliz, Kate Rockwell, and Sullivan Jones. Created, written, and executive produced by Tracy Oliver, Harlem is a bold and tuned-in comedy following four smart, hilarious, stylish, and ambitious best girlfriends in Harlem, New York City. Watch the new Amazon original series Harlem now on Prime Video. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie, and this episode is hosted by Ryan. We are pleased to present to you Michaela Lachey Bartholomew. In this episode, she is starring in the new film, King Richard. She plays the eldest of five and the well-loved sister to Venus and Serena Williams, the noted tennis legends centered in the film from Warner Brothers Pictures. A stage, film actor, and activist based in New York City, Michaela is among those in the Broadway Advocacy Coalition honored this year with a special Tony Award for their work within and beyond the theater industry. Other credits include The Niceties, Dear Mama, Bayano, A Doll's House Part 2, Pure, and CBS's The Code and more. As a long-standing artist, facilitator, organizer, and staff member at the Broadway Advocacy Coalition and Columbia Law School, Michaela has worked with Broadway companies such as Tina, The Lion King, Girl from North Country, and more to combat racism and inequity in the theater industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast featuring actor Michaela Bartholomew of King Richard. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And if you're into fashion, you know, if you just woke up like that, just feeling like a badass, if you are a sports or a tennis fan, I know you've heard of Serena and Venus Williams. I mean, there is just no way, no way you haven't heard of these icons. But, you know, what's interesting is we don't always know the origin stories 
of icons, right? Like how did they really get their start? That we think we know, but sometimes you have no idea. So what I need you to do is after you listen to this, you need to go to HBO Max and check out King Richard. But in the meantime, I'm joined by one of the cast members here, Michaela Bartholomew, and she plays Tunde Price, one of the eldest sisters to Venus and Serena Williams. How you doing, Michaela? I am well. I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm glad you were here. We already started like off before we started recording. I went into it because this had me and my sister just crying. Like we thought we were going to hold it in. We thought we knew the story. But it was just it was just so cool how you get to see these icons like, you know, in their teen years, like taking it all the way back. What was that like for you when you found out you're going to be a part of this project? Um, it was actually crazy. I thought I was about to quit acting. I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you. Oh, wow. um, yes, ma'am. I, you know, I live in New York City uh, and I work predominantly in, in like stage work and theater. And mm. so I was working, workshopping a show off Broadway at the National Black Theater. And I was actually working with Columbia Law School for the Broadway Advocacy Coalition. So I was getting ready to tell my agents, hey, you know, I had just gotten a new job at New York Presbyterian. I was working in the mental health, the behavioral health uh, ward uh, with patients. I was like, I'm going to need to take a couple months off. And my agent called me while I was at Columbia Law School one day and was like, yo, I need you in L.A. in like 48 hours. And I was like, huh, wow. sir, excuse me for what? And he's like, <laughs> There's a chemistry, re, you know, you remember that Will Smith movie you auditioned for last year? And I was like, yes. And they were like, yeah, they want you to read for one of the sisters. And I was like, OK, let me, you know, make a couple phone calls and call my daddy real quick and uh, find out how we can get myself <laughs> on a plane because <laughs> we not about to miss this opportunity. Right. And so, so once I, you know, uh, found out that I had gotten the job about a week later, I was truly on my way. And I ended up going in to work a 12 hour shift at the hospital with patients. Um, and could not say anything. It was like 11 p.m. when I found out. Uh, I got off of work at 8 a.m. the next day and was just kind of like, yo, holy crap. You know, it, it still feels like it's not real. It still feels like I'm, I'm processing a dream that's incredibly beyond my imagination. I would never imagine that the first feature film I worked on would be for the legends and icons that I looked up to as a child. You know, I went to the park to play tennis every weekend with my dad, with my daddy when he wasn't on deployment. Um, and I never registered the gravity or the gravitas of why my dad did that with myself and my baby sister. And then Mr. Will and Miss Anjanu, like all of, they've been my like people I've looked up to forever, especially as an actor. So it was crazy. It was like very chaotic. It was the wildest three weeks of my life, especially moving across the country right before the pandemic hit. So yeah, when I found out I got it, I was like, well, this is a huge responsibility and I'm excited to take it on. Yeah, it's it's so cool to hear this story um, because, you know, I'm, I'm always a firm believer that God puts you exactly where you need to be. You're always like, OK, I'm going to go over yes. here and I'm going to do this. But then he'll pull you like right back. You like what? Really? Precisely. But we, I, look, I'm, I'm in the fan club now that I can't wait to see what else you're going to do, because I'm so excited you got pulled into this role. And, um, you know, just speaking of the role, too, in more details, it's very interesting a combination here because it's not only, you know, portraying, you know, one of Venus and Serena's sisters, but also, you know, the heartbreaking story of Tunde Price. 
Yeah. For those you don't know that um in 2003 um tragically murdered um uh you know being a, losing their sister you know being able to have that story kind of you know in a sense kind of brought back up again you know in the in this film was there was there pressure for you and you talking about too this being like one of your you know uh feature roles or feature debut was that a lot of pressure for you to kind of step into that role? The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. Well, it's that time of year. And what are some perfect stocking stuffers to get? Something that you can actually literally put inside of a Christmas stocking. You can put in CDs, DVDs, vinyl, Blu-rays, even cassettes. And CD Universe is a place that I think you guys should check out when you are checking off your gift list for this year. So they sell music and movies and all physical media, no streaming or downloads. And they are a nice small business that's based in Connecticut with a dozen employees and they compete directly with the big box stores. They ship both nationally and internationally. They've been around since 1996 and their site is safe and secure with award-winning professional customer service. So listen, if you want to go ahead and give that special someone in your life some really cool CDs, DVDs, and just go retro with it, maybe get some vinyl out there, I think CD Universe is definitely worth a shot. There are new titles, both music and movies, that are on sale prior to release, box sets and collections, which are awesome gifts to get, and they have so much more. So, for our Black Girl Nerds listeners out there, we're going to do you right with this one. You're going to get 10% off of your first order by visiting cduniverse.com slash bgn. That's right, that's cduniverse.com slash bgn to get 10% off your order. Absolutely, but you know, as you were saying, you know, what is for you will not miss you. Like, I am trying to live that very truthfully. And so the pressure that existed for me in this position, I think was largely put on myself because I wasn't about to come in here and disrespect the Williams family, knowing that they were working on it with us. Uh, And that's why I refer to portraying Tundi as such a huge responsibility um, because this is a real life person who lived a life well-loved, is revered by her family. And there's still so much grief there and there always will be. So I knew coming into this role, uh, all I wanted to do was pay honor and pay respect to the sister that they knew, the sister that they had, and show her as the Black girl on screen so that when the Williams family sat down in that theater, they saw they saw Tundi on the screen, not some caricature or like some girl just trying to like throw darts blindly at who they thought or who I think Tundi was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that pressure was alleviated actually by the family. Isha Price and Lindrea Price off rip sat down with us and let us interview them for like two hours. I have a notebook that wow. has well over yeah. 20 pages of notes with just like, yo, what was Tundi's favorite book? Oh, she liked The Good Earth. Okay, great. I read that book. They got me copies of all of Tundi's favorite books from when she was a teenager. Uh, my mom had to pull up my my IB uh, and AP bio notes from when I was in high school because that was one of her favorite classes. And I was like, great. So all my notebooks are going to be AP bio and nothing else. Um, (laughs) You know, how did she stand? What was her favorite thing to do? Was she a creative? I found out she like colored her hair red with Kool-Aid. And I remember when I was 
her age, I spray painted my hair with like red, like hairspray paint <laughs> yeah. and stuff. And so it was like finding those different alignments between uh, Tandi, who, who was a scholar, who was a creative, who was like a second mom to her sisters, who was a cheerleader, who had an individualized relationship with everybody in her family. And they loved her so much that lifted the pressure off of me because it was the family giving me that information. And I knew that if I ever had a question or if I was unsure about something, I could go to them directly and they would give me the answer immediately. So. Yeah, that is so cool. It's so cool to notice that that family dynamic is, you know, as we already, you know, kind of saw glimpses, you know, with them in press conferences and things like that. But that family yeah. dynamic is off camera as well, you know, to be able to give you that support so you don't feel like, oh, well, how am I going to, you know, where do I research? How am I going to pull this character out? Because, you know, right. a lot of it is like your presence and watching you because, you know, in the in the whole world of, you know, small screen and television, we don't get all the juicy details and everything that we want to get, you know, more into her life because sure. you only have a certain amount of time. So right. it was so amazing to see you kind of pack all that you know in the time limit you had and you get a sense for you know how much Tunde loved and want to support her sisters how much education was very important to this family because yeah. they were they were carrying their books around they were all traveling together like it was no joke to see exactly. you know to see exactly. their right to see that relationship did that kind of I'm curious too with you and um with you and the other castmates did that kind of form a um you know a bond with you guys trying to portray these icons and their sisters you know with uh Sinai and Demi like did that Sinai and Demi did that kind of give you guys kind of like a closer bond you know having to kind of go through this journey together absolutely um I think what was so cool Sanaya, Demi, Danielle and Layla they're all like I, I have a baby sister but it's like I have four more now that <laughs> we've done this film um we were honestly just in our group text yesterday um cracking jokes and stuff but from the jump I remember for my like final final callback I couldn't uh, I couldn't quite afford to go back out to LA on a whim and potentially lose my job that I already had if I didn't know I had the job. So they Skyped me in and you could already see like a relationship between all of us forming, even through the screen with like Danielle, Layla, Demi and Sanaya sitting on the couch in LA and me on the screen. It's like, how can we start playing and relating to each other now? And when we first met, it was outside of um, Mr. Will's offices in it was like, yo, are you guys, are you guys my sisters? And the like, I don't want to be weird. You know, I'm, I'm grown and I don't even know if I'm supposed to talk to you guys because all of you are under 18, but I think I'm playing your big sister. And off riff, they were like, my Kayla, oh my God, like hugging me, like, oh, it's so good to meet you. Oh, I'm so excited. And that relationship just kind of sucked us all into it, which I think is what, not to say it made it easy for us to, to work together because it was definitely so hard you know we we filmed this for nearly a year in covid um but the bond and the relationship we were able to build i think was really fostered by that earnestness to know each other to love on each other and to care for each other which i think made it more fun for us to kind of poke at like what was ishin tandy's relationship like oh Tandy was always picking at Isha. Okay, great. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, when, when uh, Serena's all like, oh, daddy gave me the money. It's like, okay, but also I'm the big sister and you're not about to go in here and buy a whole bunch of junk food when daddy, right. knows, when you know daddy ain't about to have that. So like those relationships were able to be fleshed out. Um, and I think the gift of time in this process was so cool because it was only supposed to take us from like January to April to film this initially and because of the shutdown we had more time to like pour into our relationships and steward into like the story that we were really telling 
And I think that just made it all the more better for us to have that bond. Look, you know, you got chemistry when you can do it virtually, when you can make something right. happen over like Zoom or whatever, you know, it's chemistry. So that's that's a hard thing to do. You know, one of the situations COVID has put us into. So, yeah, when you can do that, that's one of the first hurdles. Yes, absolutely. I'm not even going to lie. I was so terrified. I was like, you think they're going to they gonna take the job from me because I can't get out there? You, you think I just can't afford it? And he was like, no, I was like, just tell them Photoshop me in or something. Um, but I truly was just like, look, I'm a big sister. I know what that relationship is like. So how can I make that read on screen? And honestly, it was just a matter of talking to them and, you know, being a human being with them. And so I think that was, it was truly a gift. I think it was just, it was so divinely meant to be for us to be sisters in this way. Yeah, it's just, it's so cool. Cause I could just listen to you all day about the comparisons, um, you know, about how everything lined up, you know, when you talk about the hair color and just different, like your, you the medical background and everything, just different things that mm-hmm. lined up um, to play this character. But, um, you know, too, what I think people are, um, you know, if they haven't already seen it, what they're going to gravitate towards. So if you guys haven't checked it out on HBO max is the, such the family element and this idea of respect and Mm -hmm. how, um, you know, it's a, it's a biopic for Richard Williams, Venus and Rita's fathers. If you, if you guys are not aware, but how he was uh, like, one of my favorite lines and I'm paraphrasing of course, is when he was like, they don't respect me, but they will respect you guys. And you mm-hmm. see all of these, you know, beautiful uh, black young ladies sitting in the in the van and just to hear a black man say that or just, you know, just pause for a second on that thought and what yeah. that means to have that out there, you know, in this time period, you know, for them to hear that growing up. And it, and it reveals so much about, you know, what we love about them today, what we, you know, idolize about them today, you know, that energy of, you know, you real respect me and the power of women and what women can do and what they can accomplish you know, not yes. starting out playing tennis when they were young. So I'm curious right. for you, like, what has the feedback been like? And what were some of those like important lessons you took from, you know, learning more about, you know, the Williams family, um, you know, Tunde Price? Absolutely. Um, that is such a, a beautiful question. I think for me, what I've heard and what I believe from King Richard is this is such a beautiful love letter to Black girlhood. Right. This is such a stunning love letter to Venus Williams, who really did pave the way. She took those first steps um, with her mother and father holding her hand so that Serena could come, you know, come in. Because like Serena said herself, you know, without Venus Williams, there is no Serena Williams. And the same, I think, goes for all of the sisters. Right. Um, There's such a stunning tribute to like what it means to have black family shown on screen. Mm -hmm. And it's teaching me lessons that I need to know right now, like me as my Kayla Bartholomew (laughs) working in an industry that does like, I don't feel that I work in an industry that respects the humanity of black people, but particularly black women. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we don't get to see us just on screen doing homework always, you know, we don't get to see us on screen jumping up, cheering, because our sister just hit a rally um, and scored a point on one of the number one players in the world. Like we don't get to see that often, but it has happened. So how can we make more room for those stories to be seen so that we can be seen for all of the different um, layers and levels we have as a people? We are not a monolith. And I think that's what is being received because so many people are like, why would they 
Why would they make a film called King Richard about Venus and Serena Williams? Why would they make a film centered on their father? I'm telling you, the Williams family would not be a part of this if they did not believe in the work that we did. If they were not there, if Isha wasn't there nearly every single day, making sure we got the story right. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do we make more room for their origin stories to be told? Because we know there's going to be a biopic for Venus Williams. We know there's going to be a biopic for Serena Williams. We gonna, And if there's not, we're going to make sure it happens. Right. Right. Um, so how can we make more space for them to like have control of their narrative and have their story put out there the way they desire it to be uh, is something that I believe whole, wholeheartedly and it being a gift to the people who have looked to them for so long, it being a gift for the culture, it being a gift for the Black community and the variations within Black communities um, that exist. So honestly, it's... Um, Honestly, I think it's just a testament to how resilient we are and how not easy it is for us to defy the odds, but how determined we can be when everything's stacked up against us. It's like, okay, and what is <laughs> right, meant for exactly. us? <laughs> what is meant for us will not miss us. And we are going to make sure we get there. We're going to make sure we're on the receiving end and the door is unlocked and open for us to walk on through. That way, everybody else that can, uh, can walk on through behind us. You know what I mean? Right. So well said. Yeah, I just it's just like you can't emphasize enough, um, you know, this this movie, you guys, you have no idea. Like, I just think people think, you know, we we know, you know, the grand the grand slam titles, you know, mm -hmm. U.S. opens of it all. Like, but you have no it's just it's so powerful. Like, I did not expect to tear up at the end of this film because I'm thinking, mm. you know, you've heard this, you know, you've heard their story. You're thinking, OK, I know Venus and Serena, but it's a whole other level. Like they stop right at the right mark. And like you're saying, Michaela, you know, there's a biopic for Venus. There could be a biopic for Serena that we hope we're going to get in the future, you know, that we're going to make happen. But this mm -hmm. is so, such a cool catalyst, such a cool beginning. Yeah. of that that I think people are not ready for that they think they know but they have no idea that's my line and I'm sticking space. to it right yes, right exactly they deserve this space they deserve their flowers the control of their own narrative and like Miss Oracine deserves to be seen right like uh -huh. no one thinks about Miss Oracine Price as uh Venus and Serena's coach but also but then you find out like Miss Oracine styled and designed and built Serena's style of play how else are yeah. we gonna get that story? That was so badass. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. How how are we gonna find that out if we don't have that kitchen scene, right? Mm. Um, and so I'm so excited uh to see what this means for their legacy. I'm so honored to be uh just, you know, even just a fraction of their legacy. Um, but to to have paid honor to their story and hopefully done so well, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, guys, hear from me. I'm a fan. It's just it's me, but I'm telling you right now, I love seeing her do Tunde Price. And it's and it's so difficult like you, and I love how you guys like you said, took the research, took the coaching because you, you know, you know, you never know people are looking for, you know, to see the, to see these characters done in the right way. Because like I said, they come in with a preconceived notion. They think they know, they understand. So, you know, they're looking to you guys. I have to fill in and step in that shoes. And I think you did a fabulous job. It was so much, like I said, it was, it was so much to gain from this. And sometimes it's not even speaking the lines, just watching, yes. just watching the sisters interact. You know, watching you guys as a cast interact and put that on there was is just so phenomenal, amazing. Do you have, I know my, like, I lost it. I had totally forgot about the beads, the beads on the braids when that came, when yeah. Venus came out. I was like, get it. Did you have, like, a cool, like, a favorite scene, a favorite moment? Um, Absolutely. It It's going to be a surprising scene, I think, for, for most people. But the Child Protective Services scene 
Uh, and mm, you know, if, yeah. if folks are, are listening and have not seen it, of course I, I won't spoil it, but definitely one of the hardest days of my career, I think as an mm, actor, yeah, yeah. Um, simply because so much had to be conveyed without us saying anything. And, you know, being the oldest sister in the film, but also being the oldest sister, you know, in the cast, I, I have this very strange position of, um, you know, I'm I'm in my 20s and I was in my 20s when we were filming this and all of the other young ladies uh, stunningly are all under the age of 18 and so beyond talented, my God. Um, mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where I felt I had to hold space in this strange limbo position of understanding the gravity of what it means to have a social worker come to your house and start asking you questions. Um, and we, there was this rule that, or this standard Mr. Will kind of had set, at least uh, with, with me uh, while on set, or one day he came up and he was like, if you feel like you're supposed to speak, start talking. If you feel like, you know, uh, my director, Mr. Ray, he said, if you feel like you need to be mic'd, tell someone to put a microphone on you. And the same for Miss Isha. She was like, if you feel like Tundi would say something here, you, I think you have an understanding of what she was like, go for it. And so the social worker was very giving and kind and start wanted to ask us actual questions that a social worker would ask us and having to kind of take the reins and respond in that moment, knowing that Danielle and Layla, Layla playing Isha and Landrea were sitting right behind me and that Sanai and Demi playing Serena and Venus would be coming through the door shortly. There was such care in that space that day from Miss Anjanu, um, who taught me how to advocate for the person that you're portraying, Mr. Will, who like said, go ahead, say something if you feel so compelled, um, that we could just kind of move and trust each other and allow people to kind of create and try things in that space uh, to the point where they started getting a whole bunch of different new shots. Mr. Ray was like, no, we're going to keep rolling. Go ahead and move over here. Okay, great. And like, we could just listen to each other. And because there was that standard of, of care, that standard of community and family and love in that space, uh, I felt there was a real freedom uh, to kind of just be in that moment, no matter how, I mean, it genuinely was so terrifying and I was emotionally exhausted by the end of the day. Right. Um, but we knew, we, we hoped that we had paid, um, all of the the credit due to the the beautifully written scene that we could when Mr. Will walked out and he like dapped all of us up and he like dapped me up and like winked at me. It was like, good job, kid. And I was like, okay, I could throw up right now. It's okay. Um, I'm, I'm about to lose my mind. We just spent about two hours watching Mr. Will yell at this lady as she talking about is our, is our parents feeding us breakfast in the morning and I'm just feeling a lot of things. Um, and so seeing that on the big screen was actually seeing it in the trail, like that slight moment in that first initial trailer that dropped, I was like, oh, I have no idea what we've created here. Because in that moment, you're not really thinking about the end game or the product that's coming out. You're in the process or the journey of like, just trying to be honest in a scene. Um, And so that was, that was probably my favorite scene because I I felt so loved on and I felt like I was able to love on my cast and my crew because everyone took such good care of each other that day. Yeah, so cool. And you can tell in that scene, too, how much you guys care and how much care was taken in the scene, how much you got to kind of play that out, which I think is so cool as uh, as fans, as viewers to watch when when actors can kind of get to really step into that moment and there's nobody holding you back like, oh, oh, you didn't follow the script. Oh, you didn't do this to kind of really uh, see you got to sink into that. Yeah. 
And then you watch an Anjanu Ellis be Anjanu Ellis. Like, mm, come on. Now. Yes. You're watching yeah. Will Smith like at the peak of his craft. It was just a lot to take to take in. And I count myself very lucky and, and very humbled to just have been in the room while they were creating. So yeah, everybody okay. just yeah, such a phenomenal job. And yeah, to see these these veteran actors get to like you're like, man, they just got more and more layers. It's so cool to see them uh to mm-hmm. do, you know, continue to, to mix it up and all you guys coming out that are the newer talents, and I can't wait to see what's next for you guys. Um, but yeah, you guys better go out, HBO Max, check this out, stream it. Cause look, I know it's like the holidays, everybody kind of chill mode. So you got time now to sit down with the family and check it out. You will not regret it, I promise. But yeah, go on HBO Max, check it out. But Kayla, before we sign off, I want to switch gears here for a minute. Because um, I read you were doing, you used to do like, whenever you had time, you had a podcast where you would talk about oh. like blackness and activism for bachelor, bachelor, bachelorette, like a little combination in there. Yes, ma'am. It's she still exists. The black chillerettes is still there. We're just on a little hiatus right now because, well, you know, the the King Richard has kind of taken over my life. You know, just a little bit. You just been a little busy. Just, it's fine. Just a little, little uh, busy. Just a, just a little bit. Yes, but I do have a podcast. Yes, ma'am. This look, I had to point this out because let me tell you how many times I have been yelling at my TV whenever we have um you know a, a black a bachelor bachelorette and i'm like oh my gosh like we could probably have our own like little podcast on that our own we little really conversation could. on that but okay, i just thought it was so don't dope don't get me started because i will right right because i'm like <laughs> look look yeah because i'm like i'm like and i might have to have you back on this because this would just be cool to just talk about it but because it's always been in the back of my head like i love that show i can watch like a dating show all day but it's Absolutely. like a certain thing about when you put black people on a dating show like this a certain light that they're seeing in and you're like, oh, well, why didn't they show that? Or why didn't we do right. this? Or why can't they do that? So I just had yes. to point that out. Whatever you want to vent and get out right now. I know, you know, I know we don't have a whole other hour or so, but whatever you want to get out. But I just, I had to mention it because that's on my mind, like all the time. Oh, no, I really appreciate you bringing that up. It's crazy because with King Richard happening, so many people have come up to me and they're like, yo, I saw that you were in King Richard and I was like, is that the girl from the Black Chillerettes? And I was like, that's crazy. That's how, how I'm being recognized as I've been acting for like eight years, but I'll take it. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think what King Richard kind of shows about Black girlhood and about Black fatherhood and Black families and Black relationships and Black love um, is precisely what we talk about a lot in our show. You know, the Black Chillerettes only exist because we've been trying to examine the ways in which white supremacy kind of makes itself present no matter what they try to do in these Uh kind of franchises. Um, And so the question has always been like, how can you just show Black humans being Black humans on screen, be it they're flawed, be it that, um, you know, they seem outwardly perfect. You know, what are their stories? How can you show that they have variation, that we're not just fair-skinned, you know, biracial mixed with soft hair and light eyes? Like, how can you just show, and if we are, how can you show us and honor our Blackness, even if we are mixed? Like, how can we just be on the TV screen right. without having exactly. to assimilate and code switch our ways into to pleasing a white mainstream audience. And I think King, Re- King Richard, excuse me, does such a beautiful job of that and was one of the inspiring reasons for my friend and I to even start this podcast because we, we are both actors who work in this industry and we're, you know, we see it all the time. We have to decide whether or not we'll be a part of these stories. And I will say, shout out to our first Black Bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay, my friend, my girl, um, she, she's the one who helped prepare me for the red carpet for King Richard. 
uh, she was a beautiful resource and, and guidance for helping me prepare for this opportunity because I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. And so it was the likes of folks in the bachelorette community and the bachelor community that were like, yo, we got you. You need to know where you need to find a dress. Fantastic. You need a stylist. We could help you. You, you need to know how to talk to press. I got you. I'm gonna make sure they know your name before you even get there. Um, and the same could be said for, you know, Mr. Will and Miss Ingenue. They were incredible resources to be like, yeah, nobody knows how to do this on their first try. So whatever you need, whatever questions you have, like, we got you. Um, and so it's crazy to think that like this podcast also helped pave the way for me to be prepared for um, how King Richard is moving. But we'll be back next season uh, once we can finally breathe. I'm excited to see who Michelle picks, though. I really am. Oh, yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah. I was like, I was like, when, when is the next episode? Yeah, that's what I was trying to get you to get to. I was like, when tonight. is the next episode coming out? Oh, it's, okay. it's tonight. And I believe I personally believe that Nate will be winning this season um, and not winning this season. I get well, it's a game. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a game. It was definitely a game. And absolutely is a game. I don't understand why the next bachelor is the next bachelor, but that's a conversation for a different day. Um, yeah, right, right. Yeah. But I, I do think it's really cool to see what they have done and how they've made space for Michelle to be authentic and true to herself uh, this season to pave the way for her top four is all black men. Like since when, where, where do we do that? Huh? What's going on? Exactly. Whole, whole new world. Open it up a whole new world here. What? And I know Susan in Wisconsin is probably screaming, but she going to turn the episode on tonight and watch to see what happens. So it's fine. She'll be okay. Um, and I'm just rooting for Michelle and really excited about this franchise because, you know, they have they now have one of their executive producers is a black woman. Shout out to Miss Baskerville. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see what changes they continue to make. It's still a long way to go. But so far, I, you know, I think they're doing what they can. Uh, and we're going to keep pushing the needle. The Black Chiller is going to be right there asking the questions like, excuse me. Hi, so happy about these top four Black men. But like, where are the dark skinned dudes? No, no, no dark skin. Okay. I just just wanted to bring that up. Just wanted to slide that in there. So I'm excited. See, look, yeah, that, that's all we count on. We, we know, we know you ladies going to bring the questions. That's all we count. That's all we listen. That's all we count on. We know, we know y'all already thinking. Well, we already, you know, the wheels is turning. We know y'all thinking on the same page. So by the time this We've episode been it out comes loud. out. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. So by the time this episode come up we'll see if Michaela I feel like she's gonna be on the money with it but we'll see if her prediction came true by the time this comes out but yeah so yeah you guys definitely check out you know the podcast check out King Richard because yeah we got to keep you know keep this and many times it's it's gonna be like you just got to keep hitting the nail on the head be like diversity inclusion just keep beating it in because it's like it's got to keep going it can't be that little you know for time being then it stops exactly and don't include us if you're not ready to represent us authentically you know what i'm saying right, like, exactly don't, yep don't just put us on screen to be there we ain't tokens we got stories we have stories to tell and there's an industry that needs to change so um i'm excited to be a part of that in tv and film and theater shoot and in the bachelorette fan- franchise if, if that's my calling as well <laughs> Hey, yeah, I'm I'm loving all of it. Like we're I'm just I'm a I'm a fan now. I hope you come back. We just need to have our own little bachelor episode and just really break it down because there's so much to talk yeah. about on the show. So many seasons, so many things they going through and putting out, and hopefully they getting it right and it keeps going on the upward yeah. path. Um, but you know, King Richard definitely got it right. So y'all better check that out. Y'all better keep following Michaela because we don't know what she's gonna do next. She's all she's busy. She's all over the place, keeping it moving. Thank you, Michaela. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ryan. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. You're welcome. And you guys, again, go check it out. I'm going to plug it one more time. Go check it out on HBO Mac, King Richard. And yeah, you guys stay safe and I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Brodnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audio Boom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.